0: This is the Eastside Liquor Halftime Podcast. Oh, intermission. No, it's halftime. Stop by 9390 Rogers Avenue for the best liquor, beer, and wine deals in the River Valley.
1: Arkansas wins the National Championship!
0: Check out Eastside Liquor on Facebook for weekly specials.
1: Say
2: goodbye! Darren McFadden, 80 yards, touchdown!
3: Morning, Grant. How you doing? I'm doing great, thank you. Good,
4: man. Uh, Let's see... You follow much going on in the transfer portal on like an hour by hour basis. I, you know, <laughs> even as I'm here on the show and as I'm getting ready for it, I kind of get. I, I go back and look at this two four seven sports transfer portal probably every twenty minutes, and I know that there there are coaches whose job is to refresh that thing, or just staffers on like a on like a on like maybe a minute by minute basis. It's too much to keep track of, though. It's really difficult to keep track of.
3: Yeah, it's 10 for Arkansas already and probably going to be more. And, uh, you know, you mentioned what 13 for Florida is Florida a possible landing place for Rocket Sanders. I have no idea, uh, where he might go. And I wonder how fans feel about this coming off a season in which he rushed for what was 200, 300, whatever it was yards, um, compared to like if it had happened last year off 1440 or whatever it was. So. Um, yeah I just I mean it's a a new world I I mean reading this stuff about the NCAA um, you know Charlie Baker came out and and said these things yesterday and had everybody stirring and you know there are are 59 schools that spend a million dollars athletic budget or more 32 uh, spend 50 million or more and then you have 259 that spend less and so People are speculating, you know, where, where their school is going to fall in all of this. And I did, when I think about the NCAA, Phil and Matt, uh, I used to read the NCAA uh, newsletter each week. And they would talk. I mean, it was just such a sacrosanct organization back then, protecting amateur sports, you know, and uh, it, it, now you've got the guy talking about giving thirty billion. I mean, giving money thirty thousand dollars to these guys, and and so they they're they're late to the party, and they're just like everybody else, you know, trying to fit into a world that's that's gone mock in athletics.
0: Yeah, with the transfer portal, I, I think that is kind of kind of big. And when, when, when you're recruiting, uh, we've had what was the lady from uh, from Coach Neighbor's team that went out to Oregon and then came back to Fayetteville? I think you're going to see a little bit of that. the, the kids kind of going back home because you know Arkansas probably wasn't number one on the list when Rocket was coming out. He probably wanted to go to Florida. You know, you look at Chris Paul, and he from the George area. He he probably didn't want to come to Arkansas first. And, and you're going to see kids kind of going back home.
3: Yeah, Sasha Goforth who by the way has had another uh medical setback, I guess, Phil. I don't I don't know if uh if they've ever released anything official about that. But,
4: no, Mike Mike uh, brought it up on the pregame show before uh Florida State. So I mean it's it's public info now and it's it's a real yeah. bummer for her too. It's it's tough for the team too, but yeah, I hate that for her personally.
3: Yeah, me too. Um A couple of things, guys. I was looking at uh, today. I I was looking at the list of 43 postseason games, and the Quick Lane Bowls features Bowling Green against Minnesota with its five and seven record. Um, Quick Lane. What is the Quick Lane Bowl? What is that? A like of a a bowling alley? What is that? What is? I think that's a gas station.
0: I, I was thinking a grocery store.
4: I think, it's, okay. I think it's like a gas station convenience store. And guess we'll what, Grant? Dude. Out of all it's the bowl true. games, you pick the one I'm going to. I mean, how did you do that? <laughs> I'm actually going to that game. I'll be in Kalamazoo where my, my sister and her family live. And my brother-in-law is the athletics director at Western Michigan. And he's like, hey, just think on this for a moment. You want to take the boys to the Quick Lane Bowl? Well, who wouldn't want to go to the Quick Lane Bowl? Come on,
3: of yeah, course. let's go bowling. Let's go yeah. bowling, you Lions. Well, no, that in Minnesota, you know, that's really interesting, Phil, because that's where Drake Lindsey's going. And, uh, they, their quarterbacks from this year have left the only, they've got one fifth year guy coming in in the portal. And Drake has a really good chance to play a lot next year for that Minnesota team. So, I mean, you won't, you won't see him in the bowl game, but, um, they're, they're, they're a five and seven team that got in.
4: Yeah. I've always wanted to see Bowling Green in Minnesota play in the uh, in the Detroit Lions home stadium. How many it's, people you
0: think show up than, for this game? Those maroon yeah. unis that Minnesota have are pretty sick. Now they, they do have that one set of uniforms that are that are awesome.
3: Yeah, and it, it shouldn't you know, it shouldn't be colder than ten below zero or something in, in Detroit this time of year, right? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And I see hey, and I see that Georgia is favored by fourteen over Florida State. Uh, Which sort of tells you all you need to know about why the committee did what it did.
0: You think? Do you You think George is the one that got left out?
3: In a way, yeah, Matt. Don't you? I mean, if you're if you're just looking for number one to six, yeah, twenty nine consecutive win. I know you're only only doing this year, but uh, that's probably why the committee put them sixth instead of fifth. Just so uh, you know how we. The problem was that Alabama and Texas, but by Texas beating Alabama at Alabama, then I mean they just solved that by putting both of them in there, you know, and figured those were the were the four best teams. I I really kind of thought that was the correct thing to do, even though it's terrible. I mean, I'm, I'm sure you guys are sick of talking about this for two three days, but
2: no,
0: I think you know it. I, I think you're right. If Georgia, if Georgia would have beat Alabama, then they would have put Florida State in, and then Alabama and Texas would be playing in this bowl game that Georgia and Florida State are, are, are playing in. I, I think. Meanwhile,
4: you're right. Governor DeSantis is talking about uh, put, setting aside a million dollars in the next Florida budget so that the Seminoles can go sue the NCAA over this or go sue the committee <laughs> over this. That's just uh, asinine. Well, and
3: you know, and you can't really – whatever happens in the Georgia-Florida uh, State game – is irrelevant because, you know, by then who knows who's playing or what it means to each team and so forth. I mean, I would expect Georgia to romp, uh, but you never know. I mean, shoot, you know what Florida state's going to be, they're going to say, Hey, we, we went 14 and 0 this year. We, we should be the national champions. That's maybe that's their motivation. So. Uh, who knows how it comes out. But the fact that I mean they probably should just let Vegas do this, right? Mm, you, just, you, let the, you just let the, the uh,
4: just let the recruiting experts, you know, figure out the national yeah. champion. Well they do yeah. that every year anyway. I mean they kind of pick a preseason poll anyway. That's so much of that I think is based off of just the strength of the roster. So go by the preseason uh, go by the preseason uh poll instead of the postseason poll.
3: Matt, do you like the twelve team playoff?
0: You know, I think it solves some issues that we would have this year. Um, and, and you're giving, you're essentially making it, you're giving those four teams a bye and then you're having the, the best eight go out there. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see how it goes because, I mean, how many games is too much, Grant, you know, if, the, if these teams end up playing 16 games in a, in a season?
4: Well, I mean, what ends up I, happening, yeah. you finally get postseason games on campus sites. I mean, <laughs> you know, you don't want to be one of those teams going on the road. Because I saw today, Wisconsin is spending half a million dollars on a heated playing field in case they host a playoff game. All the teams up north yeah. are going to have to do something like that.
3: I can remember when 10 games was the season. And even, even, there were times when Ohio State played nine games. And everybody else played 10 in the regular. And then they put the 11th game in and there was all this controversy. Well, you know, college football players can't, can't take out of the injuries and they lengthen the season. Academics... And then they went to 12, and now teams are going to be playing, what, 16 games? Is that right? You you could have a team playing 16 games, I guess, uh, if it goes through the, you know, doesn't get a bye, if I'm figuring that out right. So uh, that doesn't seem to bother educators anymore much.
4: You'd mentioned uh, Charlie Baker's proposal. And really what that feels like now, Grant, is it is, it is going to be time for, those who view themselves as big time college athletics programs to step into a brand new void, which is what it is right now, and basically separate themselves from everybody else. And so what I see there, you got 130. It's all about football. This is 130 FBS teams. Um, what do you think? 60, 60 of them maybe would, would join this, uh, this new subdivision, Arkansas being one of them. Because it's really all about how much money you are willing to put into the pot for the players. Yeah. And it's all about, all right, step into the big leagues. And it's kind of the professional big leagues.
3: Yeah, 59 schools spend $100 million or more. So, yeah, right about 60. And then, you know, with the, you could just take the four major conferences, I guess, now that the Pac-12 has sort of, sort of gone away. Uh, and that might be roughly your group. Uh, people, by the way, people still think Florida State's going to go to the SEC. I mean, how many, how many teams is the SEC going to end up with when, when it's said and done, if it is ever said and done? So, I don't know. It's, a, it's all just dizzying to me. To I mean, I, I can't believe that Charlie Baker came out yesterday and said what he said uh given how the NCAA used to be about all this stuff. Well,
4: see, that, yeah, that's the thing, is that you have, the, you have the president of the NCAA now finally advocating for payment of the players, direct payment of the players. You know, it's the, the only thing, though, Grant, is that this comes probably like 10 years late because uh, this also feels like an organization that knows that they could be in their death throes, and this, yeah, is, I mean, yeah. this is a chance to save the association's existence. You know, aside from... Uh, changing the way college sports operates because Congress might have done that themselves if they had the inkling.
3: Yeah, you're exactly right. I mean, the NCAA is about ten years late to the party in terms of, of this stuff. But and and good luck um, getting Congress to agree on anything, much less some kind of NIL thing. I mean, I, I don't really see that happening. Do you guys? I mean, I mean they can't even agree on when to uh, extend uh the budget that they need and stuff like that is that uh, by the way i saw where kevin mccarthy is this true that he, he's not uh running again after this year age 58 leaving politics
4: we have stepped and into the realm of politics here yeah but we'll we'll keep it we'll yeah. have to
3: keep it there and and there are others who are doing that too you know and so um uh, well we didn't even get to basketball did we
4: no, no. Uh, OU looked pretty good last night, especially the second half against Providence. Uh this is this this game Saturday. Look, I know we focused so much on Duke. Um Duke came into the into Arkansas building. Uh this is this is uh this is a really good Oklahoma team. They're really good defensively. And it, I think it's going to test Arkansas's ability to score.
3: Aiden Zero, Porter Moser, who a lot of people thought was going to become the Arkansas coach at one time and uh I remember when Eric, you know, there was this press conference before the season, and Eric was talking about the Oklahoma game this year, and he said, I didn't think we were going to play them again. It's like this one uh, was scheduled by somebody besides the Arkansas staff, okay? and Because uh, they probably knew how good Oklahoma was going to be, and that's a tough game. they got to go play it Saturday.
0: Grant, when you, when you look at this basketball team, it seems like battle is going to be the guy off the bench, um, that, that's going to probably lead this team in scoring. Uh, I don't know if, if Brazil's, how, how, how he's going to be feeling this Saturday with that, that ankle injury. Who would be our second guy? Is, is it Ellis or is it Mark? Who is the second guy that you're, you're looking for this team to, to lead this team in scoring?
3: Yeah. I think Mark, when he gets totally healthy again, you know, battle hit 20 in the second half the other night. Uh, and I, the team is coming together. Lawson is playing really well, and, and Devo. You guys, I think, mentioned him earlier. You know, Devo is such a, a fan favorite. He almost had a he challenged a triple double the other night. And uh, th- there's a guy who, when it comes time to retire that jersey, that number four jersey this year, there's going to be so much appreciation for him. Uh, just staying four years at a place at this level and five doing years. what he's done in postseason I mean, it's, yet. It's five years. I mean
4: we we look so we talk about that in professional sports be like, oh I mean there aren't any more Cal Ripkins. There aren't any more Tony Gwyns, uh you know, Dan Marinos, the guys that spend their career Larry with one Bird. team. Larry, that's exactly right, Larry. Larry Bird. Um are we are we to the point where the five the four year college athlete <laughs> also becomes uh, non-existent or feels like it's become extinct.
3: Well, I mean, with the money that they're getting now, maybe you'll see more of that. By the way, Larry Bird, yeah, he was a five-year guy because he went to Indiana for what three weeks, and then uh, was uh, he was actually working in the sanitation department when they found him, and they uh, went to Indiana State. So back then, he, and he had that red shirt years. So he was a five-year college guy.
1: your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit bet online where the game starts
4: clay henry the one and only hall of famer and sports writer extraordinaire did I was I correct on you and the beatles clay i don't know if we yeah, ever talked yeah i
2: mean about they that. they they predate me a, just a little i don't remember the you know the british invasion I, I, I knew it was happening but i think it was probably lost on me the when i was I guess in 10th grade, I remember Michael Jackson, no, the Jackson 5. It was Jackson 5. That was the, the rage. And then I can't remember Johnny Cash right after that. My first two 8-tracks were a Johnny Cash and a Creedence Clearwater CCR, Revival.
4: CCR, there you go. Those yeah. two can go together well. Yeah. Haven't played an 8-track in a minute. <laughs> my parents' cars had those. When I, I still remember, it's funny the things you remember. I remember a Barry Manilow eight-track in my father's Volkswagen Rabbit. They don't even make. They don't make any of that anymore. I don't, think, I don't think Barry even makes music any longer. He just sings the old songs.
2: Yep. So two, I think three of my eight tracks were chewed up by my brother's eight-track. My younger brother, and he had a, a Volkswagen van which I you know, didn't really say anything about him at the time. But later, I figured it out. Um, but he borrowed my 8-tracks, and he came back, and they were all mangled. And he says, yeah, my 8-track chewed him up. I was like, but if it chewed up the first one, why did you stick the next one in? And if it chewed up the second one, why did you? And he goes, yeah, I thought maybe it was just bad luck on the first two. <laughs>
4: instead of yeah this thing's broken now. Yeah. You, can I mean, you can't yourself a new one. And I said, "Well,
2: how are yours?" And he goes, "Well, I was not going to put any of mine in there."
4: <laughs> Let's get a look here. Uh, there is a there's a five star. Or there's actually one of the better safeties. Nylon Green cornerback is uh, is now in the transfer portal. Hmm. That's from Georgia. You know, there now, there's one that's I wonder, you know, you got a little history getting getting cornerbacks out of Georgia. Uh, Jaheem Singletary certainly. Uh, there's that's a position Sam said they're gonna they're gonna go after. Uh, did you see Jake Johnson, the tight end? There are no longer any Johnsons on Texas A and M because uh, Max is going to North Carolina and Jake, his brother, the tight end, uh, got on the portal today too. So Matt Brown, huh? Yeah, yeah. you will not have to see Brad Johnson over on the sidelines next year at AT and T Stadium, at least not for Arkansas versus uh, versus Texas A and M.
2: Played him at LSU. Played him at Texas A&M. Who knows? Maybe you played North Carolina. Yeah, I think you get the Tar Heels in Gator next year somehow.
4: Play him in the ball, That's right. <laughs> that's right. Um, we had a the caller in the last are, yeah. well, Clay, We had a caller in the last segment. Bring up the idea of, of of loyalty, and it sounded like he was disappointed that Rocket Sanders has gone into the transfer portal with the the coaches in in, in Eddie's term, sticking with him and 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 working with him for the last three years and. He expected more loyalty in that case. And I just don't know if that... Look, I mean, it doesn't have to be a a part of the equation in this in a lot of guys' eyes. Because I also see, like, you know, Texas A&M is hiring Colin Klein as the offensive coordinator. Klein was the offensive coordinator at K-State, where he also quarterbacked for three... I forget if it was three or four years. But he's taking a job where he's going to make more money. Jonathan Smith just left his alma mater, Oregon State, where he quarterbacked as well and built them back into a, a respectable program. But he has jumped to Michigan State for, for a couple of reasons. One, Oregon State's been relegated. And Michigan State can pay him more money. This is, this is the whole point of why it's okay for me, why it's okay for the players to have some freedom, even if it does come down to who's going to pay him more, Because coaches are doing it the same. Even guys who start at these schools and then coach them, they're jumping for jobs that pay them more money. So, what's wrong with players doing that? Yeah.
2: So, I'm going to kind of flip this to the third side of it. You know, you can talk about players, you can talk about coaches. Let's talk about fans. And, you know, I've got ears. I listen when fans poo. You know, I, I listen to talk shows when somebody's not going good. It's like, well, let's play the next guy. And this guy's better than that guy. And, you know, the fans don't sit back and, and uh, you know, are very patient with players if they have a bad game or an off-quarter or, or a play where they say, hey, that guy's missing the hole. I mean, you're, you're quick to criticize. And, well, is that loyalty? I don't know. I mean, the players hear it. So, you know, it's – and I'm not – I'm not – Casting stones at Arkansas fans. I'm I'm saying that's the whole lot of you know. I don't care who you you know what team you are or where you're at. You know, Bo Nix left Auburn. He was booed out of that state, and you know they thought he was he was dog meat. And you know he's on his way later this week for you know the Heisman Trophy presentation. Not sure he's going to win, but. But he's one of the two or three best players in in the country, and he was booed like nobody's business. So, and you know, they 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 know they you know the Auburn people know they're not you know they you know Bo's not coming back after that, even though they realize now he's pretty dang good. But it's it's uh it's just the state of what college athletics has become. And I remember years and years ago, probably you know. Early '80s, I got to know a punter uh, at Tulsa named Eddie here, and he was best in the country. You know, he averaged about forty-six or forty-seven. Same same kind of leg as Max Fletcher. I mean, it's just when he hits it, it you know it goes. You you hear it from one end of the stadium to the other. The thump, and it goes and goes. And the Boston Patriots drafted him really high, and he got a couple blocked because he's six foot seven. And his stride was real long, and they couldn't figure out how deep to put him because he'd be stepping, and his two steps were a lot closer to the line than any punter they'd ever had. So you just had to put him a little deeper. But those fans booed him to the point where he didn't want to play football anymore. I mean, he eventually, um, you know, just kind of faded out of it. You know, it's like I, I don't, you know, I think he came for money, and it wasn't a big deal. But it's like they booed him unmercifully in Boston. And that's, you know, that's so you say, well, what, what, what is it? But that's and he told me, he says, well, that's just the nature of the NFL when players are getting paid. Well, that's the nature of college. Now, pay, players are getting paid. And if you don't like what you see, you know, you say, let's get the next one out there. You know, so loyalty is it kind of all goes both ways and
4: three ways. I feel like fans want players to have the same loyalty to the team that they do, which lasts your entire life. I mean, we have a regular caller here that you know about, Clay, Brian, and Ozark. Gave up, he was a Razorback fan, gave up the Razorbacks uh, during the, uh, the, the 13-year run through the wilderness and chose the hated rival. And now acts like you know, he was a dyed-in-the-wool Texas Longhorns fan. That's, I don't know any fans that do that i tried cycles, to do. Yeah. Man, I tried to do it myself with the Pirates. I wanted to give up on the Pirates and pick another team, and I just didn't have the heart to pick another team because I don't have any connection to them. And and it's difficult for fans to, you know, I, don't, I shouldn't say it's difficult to. What you got to try to do is is step away from your own perspective. You, anybody that's listening to this show right now, well, most of them, ninety nine percent of them, are going to be Razorback fans to the death, and might even be buried with Razorback paraphernalia in the coffin so you kind of expect the same thing from your from your from your players and i don't think they're looking at it from that perspective too because they've got to be loyal to themselves at a moment where uh you got to do what you feel is right for you you know and for a fan it feels right that you love the team that you've always loved you know it, 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 it's just different well, perspectives is how I they see don't it.
2: they do not treat their players like they're their kids sure you know what's the george Strait? you know you're you know, undying love, a father's love, a fan's love is a whole lot different. <laughs> if players, you know, it's like, what have you done for me lately? And you know, there's the next guy, the second, second team quarterback is the most loved guy in the stadium.
4: Well, and I also think there's there's some there are athletes that that were treated poorly early in their careers, stay with a the team their entire career, and I'm thinking more of of, uh, of, of professional athletes. And still hold on to some of that bitterness. You know, I mean, there's a reason Ted Williams did not come out for a curtain call when he homered in his last at-bat. Because he still had bitterness towards Red Sox fans when they booed him, you know, earlier in his career. He held on to bitterness against a lot of people. Um, so, yeah, I mean, yeah, Mike Schmidt, I think, was the uh, same way with the Phillies, although I think in the end it changed for him.
2: A field goal name, field goal kicker, Alex Tejada. Missed some kicks early on. I mean, and Trina was tough on him, and um, he ultimately won a bowl game. I think he didn't he win the East Carolina game when Mallett struggled. He kicked the field goal. I might not. maybe it's maybe it was somebody else. Um, I, mean, I mean, a different team. But he ran around the field, you know, celebrating after he kicked that field goal. And he told you know he told me he says I was celebrating by myself. <laughs> You know, in other words, I wasn't celebrating with the fans. They, they had booed him during his career, and he didn't, he didn't forget it. That's the story I remember. And that, you know, you just, it's, it's, it's tough. But when you say, you know, they don't have loyalty, just remember, they've read Twitter. They've heard, you know, they've heard fans boo. And, you know, it, it's, uh,
4: they've got long memories. Players do. You're listening to the Eastside Liquor Halftime Podcast. Right now, Eastside Liquor has a truckload of eggnog, winter seasonal beers, stouts and liquors, rum chata, moonshake creams, and more. Don't forget about the hog bourbon decanters. Come by the drive through or walk inside to see Dave and his team at Eastside Liquor, 9390 in Fort Smith. Now, back to the podcast. See Providence yesterday, 72-51. Had a tight game going into the half, and then... Sooner's only allowed twenty points in the second half. The,
0: Phil, that's the thing I've noticed looking at uh, Oklahoma. That they've only had one tight game. Was that the game at USC? But they're just running away. They're like they're the the, the the later on in the game. There's no pressure on them. They're able to do what they want,
4: beating teams by an average of twenty four points. Wow. Yeah. And they really they pulled away in the, about ten minutes left in the game. Providence just could not score at all. And there was
2: the thing that stood out to me. Obviously, is their defense, and the other thing that stood out is that they played in in, in
4: pretty much an empty arena. I know, and that's what I was going to get at here. Five thousand three hundred eight tickets are sold on average at the Noble Center. They had they a little, little over seventy-two hundred yesterday. That's forty-six percent capacity for their average attendance. For a team that's um, that's undefeated,
2: they didn't have seventy two hundred. That, that well, I'm the sure end didn't. zones were completely empty.
4: I'm sure they didn't. I don't know what the crowd. I don't know what the number was. The actual number was at the game Monday, but Walton, the Furman game, but it wasn't nineteen yeah, two, which front, is what gets printed in every box score. Yeah,
2: all almost all the front row seats were empty at Lloyd Noble, and I thought, man, just move on down from up there. If you want.
4: <laughs> there's no you sitting up there high when those seats are open. You know, you know Tulsa well. Is that kind of right in the middle between Fayetteville and, and Oklahoma City or Norman? Oh yeah, it is. It's it's
2: it's it's two hours to Oklahoma City, about two twenty to Norman. I think Fayetteville is closer. Yeah. With the it used to be a two hour drive before they put in the turnpike, and now it's about an hour forty five. So I, I think Fayetteville definitely is closer. But, you know, you've got, you know, 500,000 people in Tulsa and, you know, a good 200,000 are OU fans. So that, you know, that's that's the difference. I just there's really not, thought. Uh, there's not 5,000 Arkansas fans in that town.
4: Matt, I really, I really thought that, uh, you know, when, when, when they signed this, this deal to play at the BOK Center, I still want to call it One Oak, but that's the baseball park downtown, that it would be about fifty fifty, you know, like when you play a And M football, it's about fifty fifty pretty much. Uh, in this case, though, there's there's always more Razorback fans at this game. Always, I mean,
0: Oklahoma it, gets some talent every once in a while. You think of Blake yeah. Griffin and Trey Young, but they're not. Uh, they're they're better than LSU when it comes to being a football basketball school. But I, you, nobody really thinks of Oklahoma being a basketball school. They don't really have the basketball spirit.
2: They do not in And it it has not helped them in basketball that you got an NBA franchise in Oklahoma City. Uh uh
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, I mean, if you if you want to go see great basketball talent in in um, if you go to a game in Oklahoma City, it may not be Thunder fans. You know, about you know a fourth of the crowd will be you know Bulls fans or Rockets fans. I mean, there's you know you're scattered you know throughout Laker fans. Boston Celtics fans. In other words, that's if you live in the Midwest and your team that you used to follow is going to Oklahoma City, you might make that three-hour drive. Just like Matt, you and I are talking about, we're going to go over there and see the Bucks. Well, it's not, you, you know, know, we've got the Razorback connection, but there's lots of people that go. Um, but I will tell you, you remember Dave Bliss? You know, was you know notorious. Oh, yeah. You know, he got fired at Baylor, and it was at SMU before that. Well, before that, he was head coach at Oklahoma, when I was the beat writer. And he found out that I'd played basketball in high school, and so he kind of reached out to me, come over and spend a day with me. And about halfway through the day, that was the Barry Switzer time, he told me, he says, you know, it just sucks that this is never going to be a basketball school. He said it just won't ever happen. And he says, wherever I go, and, you know, there's a conversation going on around me, He says, I'm the basketball coach. Nobody even knows who I am. He says, I've been here three years and I can walk in any restaurant. They do not know who I am. But he said, Barry Switcher walks in and the whole room lights up. That's just a pretty good explanation of it.
4: Well, they're in a good basketball league. They're coming into a good basketball league. And everybody in this school, in this league, uh, except for Oklahoma, has. 58% Fifty-eight percent capacity for their games this year, and Oklahoma, which is what are they ranked right now? I don't even my rankings. Nineteenth, 19th. nineteenth, 19th, the number nineteen team in the nation is drawing at forty-six percent capacity. That's nuts. That's tickets sold too. In, so I mean, they average fifty-three hundred eight tickets sold. Probably means how many people you think are at those games? An average of maybe thirty-five hundred. That's that's kind of wild because I never I never anticipated. I guess I guess you know I mean what do you look at a, an opposite kind of a thing would be Kansas yeah they'll sell out every every basketball game maybe they go to some of the football games every once in a while you know Indiana's kind of the same way. If, but Oklahoma certainly is football first and foremost. There was a little bit of a
2: spell there when they had Billy Tubbs that they got it going. They had Wayman Tisdale, and you know then Stacy King and Mookie Blaylock, and you know they went to a Final Four with that group. Wayman's group didn't go to a Final Four, but it you know they that was a little tougher ticket. But guess what? Billy was scoring a hundred. You know they were they were exciting to watch on offense, and you know Clay Mosier is. That's not what they do. I mean, they're gonna they're gonna try to shut you down, and um, the the sooner fans will get with it in basketball. If Kansas comes to town, or it's Oklahoma State, or if they really get rolling with a great offensive player, but that's what it takes. And it'll be it won't be before Christmas. It'll be somewhere in the middle of January when football's long and gone.
0: Clay, do you, who, who do you think the one guy on this basketball team? Last year we lost Nick Smith, uh, but but I thought last year the one guy we couldn't lose was Anthony Black. Uh, if, if Brazil, maybe you know that that those sprained ankles, you just don't know how how healthy or how quick. I know he's young; he'll come back faster than most. Uh, but how how important is it to see this team play without Brazil against Oklahoma to see well, what we can do?
2: Yeah, you know, I think that uh, you know you got Mark and you got Battle that are that are. You know they're pure scorers. I think. I mean, Mark might be you know, have some defensive tendencies. Still trying to figure out. You know, is Battle going to really buy into defense? I think he is. It seems like he's improving. But the the unicorn is is probably Brazil. There's nobody else like him. Um, you lose him, they can't put somebody out there that can shoot threes, can protect the rim, and. His real value is getting a tough defensive rebound. And I mean, because he just can go up above everybody and get one. And every once in a while he decides, I'm going to get that one because it's important. Um, I think Devo's pretty important. You know, I thought his his uh, line score all the way across, in you know, against Furman. I mean, it was just a little bit of everything except, you know, not a lot of scoring he can do things for this team that are hard to replace. And that it's, you know, he goes and gets loose balls. You know, that things in tough situations he realizes. And I see that with Brazil, too. He he may not go on the floor like Devo, but a tough defensive rebound to get a stop. It seems like Brazil and Devo give that to this team.
4: Well, you're going to have to work to get a good shot against this Oklahoma team. Um, it just—they're an incredible defensive club. Teams are shooting, uh, I think, like 35% against them, and they control the pace. They've allowed 70 points in a game twice. That's it. it. Beat Southern California 72 to 70, and then and then allowed 86 to UAPB, but they put up 107 in that game. Yeah, I think Arkansas a, is one in four when scoring fewer than 80 points. Only the win against Stanford, which went into overtime. It's the only game they've won scoring fewer than 80 points. And I don't know if you get to 80 points against Oklahoma on Saturday, so you're going to have to really take some good shots because they'll make it tough.
2: I'm sure that the, the scouting report, or at least what Musk is telling them, is that y'all are going to have to match their defense. And it's not about, you know, you're know right, it's not about scoring. You're going to have to get some stops because they're going to get some stops. And they're... they're you know they they body you up. You know when you go across the lane, they don't let you pick the the route that you want to go. Um, and I watched that last night, uh, UCLA and UConn, and that's what was happening in that game. Is both teams were trying to redirect you. as you you know not going to let you run your stuff. And I think that's what Clay Moser does. And I, by and large, that's what Eric has done. Although I haven't seen quite probably what he wants to see yet um you know in that regard they'll get better i mean it's it's this is what year five and it's been like that every year where the defense just keeps getting better.
3: Hi, everybody. This is Chris George from Joshua's Fine Jewelry in beautiful downtown Russellville. It's the most wonderful time of the year. Christmas gifts, weddings, heirloom, family treasures. And at Joshua's Fine Jewelry, we only have one sale every year, and it's right now. Every single item in our store is value priced for Christmas. We do custom one of a kind jewelry. If that's what you're looking for, come see us. You can get anything fixed for a Christmas gift, selection, quality, service, and Christmas red tag prices. Now, through Christmas at Joshua's Fine Jewelry in beautiful downtown Russellville.
1: Celebrate the magic of Christmas at the Arlington Resort Hotel and Spa in the historic Venetian dining room this Christmas Eve or Christmas Day. From 11 a.m. to 3 p.m., your Christmas dinner includes a salad bar, carving station, hot buffet items, and desserts featuring traditional and unique items. Over 12, dine for $58 per person, under 12 for $29, and under 6, eat free. Reservations required must have a credit card to hold reservation. Call 501-623-7771 or log on at arlingtonhotel.com slash dining for reservations and complete menu
4: items are you in need of an attorney Hickey and Hull Law Partners is your firm Hickey and Hull understand the importance of client communication meeting with you responding to emails and returning calls Hickey and Hull are attorneys you can trust to guide you through a divorce or a custody case criminal charges or even civil lawsuit ready to put their seven decades of experience to work for you and get the best results every case is important Hickey & Hull Law Partners strive to give each client the time and attention it deserves. Visit them at KevinHickeyLaw.com. Hickey & Hull Law Partners. Things are about to get better. And now, back to the podcast. It's uh, it's not grilled cheese and tomato soup weather yet, is it? For some reason, I got this whole... This this meal stuck in my head, uh, Matt. That's more that's more winter food, isn't it? It's not little, that time yet. Little basil in
0: your tomato little, soup, little, and then little, put a right. little bit of a little gallop of some olive oil on there. Absolutely, that's time for that. And that's, you you're speaking, speaking my language okay. right there. All
4: right, I was saying, why are you doing this to me? I do have mm. the things I need in the in the pantry, uh, and the cheese and the bread and everything else I need for this.
2: Some bits of uh, tear, tear off garlic. a bit.
4: Yeah, Clay. There you go.
0: Mm. Dip dip the, dip the cheese into the soup, you know, like a, like it's a, a chip at the Mexican restaurant. Is there anything restaurant. better than that? Oh, my goodness. I think that, I think that might and be and one of the most say, satisfying
4: meals.
2: I, I will say this, that this is also, we're getting close to, I call it the, the Jewish penicillin, the, um, the matzo ball soup. Matzo suit.
4: ball soup, yep.
2: That is so good.
4: <laughs> <laughs> I love that he called it the Jewish penicillin. Yeah, it is. Mom will make it for you <clears throat> if you're not feeling right. Yep. You just gotta have the you gotta have the you got have um, got the neck bones in that stuff
0: with the hot toddy.
4: I don't know if I got the hot toddy with my matzo ball soup. You can
2: kind of sneak that in there, yeah. Mm-hmm.
4: Speaking of Jewish holidays, um, Hanukkah starts tomorrow night. Who's coming over for potato lockies? I think I told you about lockies, didn't I, Matt?
0: I'm, I'm into the lockies. There was a there was an establishment I in I don't Fonsmith. know about
2: that. Yeah, I don't know about that.
0: That uh that serve those we'd go to at a little brunch spot and, and now do they dip it in a sour cream? Is that how you it's it's like a. Uh, it was kinda I, I kinda did, stayed away from that, but you could see see how it could go. Yeah. You
4: can dip in a, you can either well, I don't know if you dip it. You can, whatever you want. You can dip it or you can put the stuff on top of it. Applesauce or that's that's what it was. Sour cream. It's like either a, one of them.
0: You can do yeah, applesauce or sour they bring you both of them and it just seems like it's so odd. You know, you have to do one or the other, not both. Latke's are
4: potato pancakes, Clay. They, they don't they okay. usually it, I, I guess it doesn't necessarily go with the with the matzo ball soup because that's a lot of carbs but you can you can pull it off
2: I did uh, a little bit a unique dinner and my wife she just turns away she knows I'm gonna do it I got my my um, vaccination for the season I got the the senior flu shot which is a little stronger you guys don't need the senior flu shot y'all just get the regular one
4: I got the junior one
2: and then I also got my my uh, COVID booster. Well, that was Sunday morning, and so I you know, didn't it didn't hit me until yesterday. I didn't feel good, so I I needed something that just was you know just greasy, nasty, whatever. So I had two Nathan's colossal hot dogs, which is like the super size size, oh. and then had some old chili that I warmed up. And put it over open face on two pieces of bread, and then poured the chili over the hot dogs, and then cheese and mustard. I mean, it was the true gut bomb. But man, I just needed it.
4: Got to have sports on TV for something like that, too.
2: <laughs> yeah, we did that. It was a basketball game. It works. I ate on a tray. Yep. I will. This is pretty funny. So I scheduled my, my vaccines at the. Mountain Home Walmart for 11 a.m. on Sunday because nobody's in there on, in, on Sunday mornings. That's the perfect time to go. I get in there and, no, you're not on our list. And um, the pharmacy assistant is like, hold on just a second. She came back and she says, you are on a list. It's uh, You signed up to have your shot today in Mountain Home, Idaho. <laughs> I said, "Well, I don't think I'm going to make it by 11. Yeah, they said, no, "There's nobody here. We're good. You can have. We'll get you set up."
4: Yeah. And so, I and think it's happened before. Somewhere in the state, somebody drove to a to a pharmacy in Little Rock, and they were told that they actually signed up for one in Little Rock, Iowa. <laughs> 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 um, I can see. It. You?
2: I've been there. I, yeah, I did it. So whatever. My wife thought that was great.
4: Did you see this um, this plan that uh, NCAA President Charlie Baker unveiled yesterday which is di- basically it's direct compensation of athletes for schools that choose to go that route. $30,000 uh, per athlete for half the athletes on campus. It has to be split evenly between men's and women's sports. And uh, it just feels, if this is a plan that does go through, it, it will further separate, well, actually what this does, we have the haves and the have-nots in Division One. You know, we that's that's the term mid major and major. Those are your haves and your have-nots. I think to look at it in this sense, it's it, this would make schools kind of decide whether or not they want to be in the quote-unquote big leagues of college sports, meaning paying your players directly and it basically being uncapped for NIL, and you can enter into deals with your with uh, with your athletes, which they can't do now. So you got 130 FBS schools. Does it feel like a plan like this might? cut that number in half?
2: Like, I mean, there's only 15? No, I think that... Uh, I can think of probably 30 that would do it.
4: I, I think mean, Arkansas would be there. I think Arkansas would, but I th- what number do you think you're looking at here? Because it's all... I think if you put all the power four leagues together and add Notre Dame, I think it's 64 or 65?
2: The, the ones that... Elevating SMU, I can't kinda, remember the
4: exact number, but it's close yeah, to it.
2: The ones that that kind of I wonder about, you know, is a school like Duke. And they're kind of in. You know, they're they're in on some sports, but then I've heard that there are other sports that they're not really in on. And, you know, they would they decide to, to go all in? Maybe SMU, because they're in on, on football. I don't think they're in on basketball. But would they get in on 460 athletes, you know, and – could you do it and say, well, we're just going to be in uh, on two sports? Well, then you wouldn't, you know, that that would not qualify you as far as Title Nine if you're not doing it for all those other sports. So I, I just wonder for some of the private schools that, you know, they, they seem to be trying, but not all the way.
4: Well, I guess, I guess I guess this is supposed to come down to, to football specifically.
0: You're going to have <laughs> academies eventually, kind of like that IMG Sports Academy. You're going to have Arkansas Academy. You're going to have, and they're just going to be football-only places. They're going to break off. I mean, it's I don't know if it's eight years down the down the road or 18 years down the road. But well, that's, that's, that's what how I thought it's would be. happen.
4: We've we've had all of these <clears throat> all of this movement amongst the Power Five leagues, and now you got four, and you got footballs that don't, don't make any alone. geographic sense. Yeah. You know, doesn't it feel like you're going to end up doing some of this all over again with a different way? Because that's what this is. This is a whole different realignment. So there's a different realignment. It's just it's schools realigning (laughs) amongst those who actually want to spend dollars right on their players. Uh, And I could see from 130, I could see it. I could see it getting down to 60. I think there'll be more than 30 that choose to be in this. But this is the Super League. That's and if
0: you have three pods the, of 20 and you have two divisions inside each pod, you could have relegation and promotion. You know, you you could have some type of route like that where, where you're where you're playing and you're able to, to kind of decipher up, yeah.
2: Yeah, the, the thing that, you know, the, the name, image, and likeness will still apply at academies. In fact, it will apply more. And you just, you know, just wonder how that's all, I mean, with – and we've got a can of worms that I just don't think it's going to... It's. I don't see this as the answer yet. It might be.
4: Ever-evolving, isn't it? I mean, it just... You get all these. What's, leads the, what's the new ratings,
0: Phil? That the the number two sport in America right now is college football. You know, it's it's over it's sure. overtaken uh, all the other sports as far as baseball. I think it's uh, been that way for a while now. And and you had seventeen point five million people watch that Alabama Georgia game. You know, it's the highest in fourteen years for the SEC championship game. So it's that's um,
4: people are watching. People are still tuning in. And there's always interest in the in the playoff. And I mean that's why you've grown this. That's why they've grown it past six. Which which. The more I think about it, six makes sense. Six makes a lot of sense.
0: You know, Ole Miss can't win it this year. You know, but they would be into the they'd be in the playoff twelve if Missouri can't win it this year. But they would be in the playoff twelve. They'd be playing Florida State. You know, one of those teams would. Penn State would be playing one of those teams.
4: I'd still think though, even those first round games, they're going to have massive, massive audiences. You know, not at the level of the championship, not at the level of the semifinals, but it'll be huge. Because people want to watch football games and, that matter. You already watch bowl games that don't matter at all, just because it's on during the day and it's the holiday time of the year where there's, you know, they're a little bit more sitting around, and you're sick of watching home alone for the
0: 18th time. And, and Clay brought this up earlier about how many times Saban has been beat. Maybe we were in a break when when you brought that up, Clay. But that's that you're going to have so many more rematches. It's it's you're going to have that Oregon Washington game so many more times. You're going to get this Alabama Texas game. Uh, Ohio State, Michigan. You know, you're gonna get those so, so many more times.
2: Yeah, it's it's just as you condense the number of teams. Yeah, you know, and it's like Matt, you went through it. NFL you play everybody you played everybody in your division twice, right? I mean was that four teams that you that's, played that's twice? How
0: you, yeah, that's there's three there's four teams in a division, so three teams, but that's how you do your tiebreaker. Yeah.
2: And then that's it, also it, it when you learn that gives you immediately, these are the teams we hate because they're just stuff that happens in those rematches, in there? Well, it's kind of like you see Michigan. that You've
0: had some people say, well, they're, they're programmed to win the, the Big Ten. Well, you know, we had to program ourselves to beat the Indianapolis Colts. They had Peyton Manning in his high-powered offense, so we had to get defensive ends. We had to have be uh, ball control. You had to limit Peyton Manning's possessions. You know, that, that was kind of – how you had to build your team. So you're, you you starts by building your team to win your division, and then you go you go from there.
2: Never had listened to that discussion, but it makes perfect sense. <laughs> yep.
4: Well, I think of the way like the Steelers, you know, build their team, Baltimore, they build their teams to beat each other because they're always the ones at the at the end. Usually the ones those those are nasty in the end games. Up. Oh, oh. Yeah, I mean, why? Well, it's because they know. I mean, they're, they're going to build a team to be able to hit hard and take heads because they just twice a year and sometimes in the playoffs a third time you're going to have that exact type of game which you just don't see every single weekend you know even though it's a, just a, a brutal sport plenty of tickets available for arkansas oklahoma saturday <clears throat> three o'clock at the bok center downtown tulsa eleven dollar tickets available on the upper deck you even got uh, tickets that are in the $43, $39 range in the end zones on the first level. So uh, a lot of tickets available for this game on Saturday. And uh, I've never been inside the BOK. Uh, I've heard it's a nice place. They host plenty of, uh, plenty of uh, college basketball, postseason games too. Speaking of tickets, did you see the email from the Razorback Foundation yesterday? This is 72 days out from opening day at Balm Walker. Out of season tickets. Out of season tickets. In fact, the email actually told people that were in the virtual line waiting to buy tickets that they no longer needed their place in line anymore because there weren't any tickets available for them. Reserved seats are gone. Hog pen season tickets are gone. I guess there's still a chance later that there'll be hog boxes available and they'll still sell those uh, bases loaded landing tickets. But that's something else. Seventy-two days—did be- I get the number right again? Seventy-two days before the first baseball game of the year, and the tickets are basically sold out. Now the trick is using the tickets because you did see some open, some open uh, swaths at times last year, um, and that was a change. I think in 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 what i in what I'd been used to seeing at Ball Walker Stadium. I know the weather has so much to do with it, but also it's it's a uh, you know, they rejiggered how the season ticket holders, you know, the amount of money they had to donate, essentially, to keep their seats, and and that changed a little bit of the atmosphere. I think it's still, I don't, I don't know of a better atmosphere in college baseball, but it did change a little bit last year.
0: I I, I do think it's one of the best atmospheres, one of the best ballparks uh, in the SEC. And Phil, you would know better than I would, but I think one of the one of the reasons uh, also is it's such a good product. Uh, you know, Arkansas Razorback Baseball, man, that's that's a good product. That's a,
4: that's a top first-class product, and it's a joy to watch them play. Well, you just anticipate annually that you're going to end up having a tough time getting tickets, no matter where they are. Uh, you know, the, it'll be an easy ticket, I think, to be able to go to the games in Arlington at the Ranger Stadium. That's Now, do
0: they do those on wood bats? Or the, they don't no, do that in season?
4: That's all That's all metal bats.
0: Okay, I don't yeah. know why I thought they, they played wood bat there.
4: There was. I only still know of one team that did a wooden bat game. What was that? Was that two years ago, two seasons ago? Tennessee. They were playing an out-of-conference game. Seems and, like something Tennessee would do. Well, they. Had, you, I think you have to get like approval, and both teams have to do it. You know, because you're not going to have one team using metal bats and one team using wooden bats. Doesn't doesn't quite work. Tennessee
0: going to be any good this year? Baseball?
4: I'm sure they will. They still yes. fired
0: up. Do we get a home? Do we get a home series? Don't, against, don't play
4: them this year. Not in the regular him. season. Not what on the a, regular what a shame, man! Yeah. I know, I know. There is a it's, a it's it's been a good thing between those two programs. No, seventy two days away, Matt. It's coming, it's coming. I'll have some thoughts on this team. We've got uh, got a lot of time to let it simmer.
2: But I think the, I want to go down to that Arlington series.
4: That's going to be fun. That's going to different. be a great time.
2: See, it's Oklahoma State, Oregon State. In, In Oregon,
4: Oregon State, Michigan, and uh, who's the other team there? Uh, Oregon Oklahoma State, State, Oklahoma State, and Michigan, yep. Got hi- got pretty heavy history with the first two teams there. <laughs> and and I don't know if Arkansas and Michigan have ever played baseball against each other. Yeah, I don't think so. I don't think so either. They had a Michigan State series um, that was canceled because of the pandemic. Hogs were going to East Lansing for the 2020 season, and of course that didn't happen. And I don't know if they've, I'm sure, you know, scheduling a Michigan team no matter what. The seamen, he's right, it was Tennessee Tech in Tennessee that did the wooden bat game. Yeah, and I think that was a couple seasons ago. It's, it's so rare. So rare. I actually remember playing with wooden bats. I never really did. Yep. We would try it in like the batting cage. would be like, yeah, this is a little bit different hitting with this stuff. Wooden bats. Yeah, you gotta hit it on the sweet spot. It it hurts if you don't. You're listening to the East Side
0: Liquor Halftime Podcast.
1: Check out the Bud Light Morning Rush podcast at hitthatline.com. This podcast has been presented by Bet Online. This podcast is an exclusive property of Pearson Broadcasting. It may not be copied, reproduced, modified,
0: published, uploaded, reposted, transmitted, or distributed in any way without Pearson Broadcasting's prior
4: written consent. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.